1: This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about the importance of having a product ladder for your business. A product ladder will help you leverage your time and grow your business, so stay tuned. That's a bit later, but first up, we're going to focus on one of the secrets discussed in our upcoming book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. On today's show, Michael and I will be talking about the valuing your worth. How much is your time worth? A better question might be, how much value do you provide to your clients? Knowing your true value will help you accelerate your business growth. I'm really excited about exploring this topic in more depth. So let's get started.
2: Well, you know, this is the second of the Six Secrets. Uh, in a previous episode, we talked about the first one. And really, just to sort of give an overview, the, the book, again, is Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. And we really wanted to package up what we had learned in all of the interviews that we've done on this podcast. We've interviewed more than 100 successful entrepreneurs and what we found were there were some themes that ran through their talks. I mean obviously each one is different and they each have bring a unique perspective but there were some themes running through um, their talks and those are the six secrets. So uh, it's like if you're familiar with that uh, the famous book by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. His premise was that if you wanted to be rich, then find people who are already rich and figure out what they did and just do that. And so that's really the premise of the book so that um, we talk with successful coaches, speakers, and authors and tell you what they did to become successful so you can do that. And that's really the, the key to it. And I'm excited about this topic as well because I think too many people undervalue what they're worth.
1: I agree, and I also think there's a lot of myths around building and growing a business. A lot of people think that they have to know exactly what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and when they're going to do it. And one thing we heard through almost every single interview is people ended up someplace very different than where they thought they were going to be. It was really a journey, and that's what I love sharing. And the most successful people really learn and listen to their clients they really pay attention to what's going on and the feedback that they're getting and they're getting plugged into a community that's able to help them and give them real good feedback so it's a whole process that goes together and I'm so excited to be sharing that with everyone
2: yeah absolutely so again we're talking about valuing your worth today and I would say that's really a big distinction that the successful entrepreneurs make is that they look at their value um, and they look at what they bring to their client and what that value is worth as opposed to looking at what their time is worth which is what the less successful uh, entrepreneurs do so rather than saying i'm worth so many dollars per hour Instead, they look and say, well, what what's the value that I bring to my clients and what is that value worth? And then I'll figure out what I charge for that.
1: Well, and I think there's a whole conversation around money and value because people do put a price tag on their time, but what they don't realize is they have to look at, what they're offering, and what, how is it going to impact the person that they're serving? And I think that's part of what goes into that conversation, but it's a different way of looking at. It's just not a dollars for time. It's a whole process that goes into it, and it's really thinking out of the box, and it's not trying to charge too much, but it's really valuing the information. Because if you don't put a price on it that people think shows the value of it, then people don't pay for it.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think you you really have to start from the client's perspective. So you have to not think about um, what something you think something is worth to you, but really what is it worth to your client? And that's, I think, where a lot of people stumble in, in that they think that what they do is Obvious or easy or straightforward or you know, how could not everybody understand this already? What what is this? Um, But for their clients, that's just not the case You know, it's easy for you because you're an expert you've done it over and over over years and years and years They haven't so so they don't have that expertise and what you may think is just so simple um, They may stumble over it In fact, you and I even use the term speed thinking a lot of times we speed think we're already on step six and we didn't you know tell you how we got from step one to two to three to four to five um, you know i kind of liken it back when i was in school and math class and, and you know you would see in the book uh, a proof of some problem and they would always get to some point and then they would say and the rest is left to the student and you kind of say what I-, I don't have any clue mm-hmm. what i'm supposed to do here you know, I'm reading the book because you're supposed to tell me what to do, not like just make me figure it out. And so and a lot of times we're, we're the same way. We think that what we do, uh, uh, for example, a spreadsheet that we have or a chart that we put together or a, uh, the way we go through a process is something that everybody should understand. But, but that's just not the case. And, and I think that's really the beginning of looking at what are you really worth? What's your real value to your client?
1: Well, and I, I've got two examples that I'd love to share, um, just exactly of how that works. One of them was when we were in a mastermind program, you created a spreadsheet because you were tracking some information and for you, it was really simple and really obvious and you shared it with some people. And I know years later, you just recently, you got another request from somebody yep. to get that spreadsheet. When okay. they saw it, they just thought it was pure gold. And to you, it's like, well, it's no big deal because it's really easy for you. It's really simple. And then the other example is one of our clients who came to us and said, I need to create some products. And so you had a conversation around what they had, all the things they had, and when you were listening to the conversation, what they were sharing, you saw a whole series of products and programs they could put together with what they'd already created. That they were giving away for free. Right. And what they thought is they had to go create all sorts of material, and they didn't realize the value and the gold of what they had. They had enough to create a quarter of a million dollar A year business based on what they had and they just didn't see it and that's the value of really understanding what your materials worth and also being able to have a coach or an expert like turn knowledge to profit or someone that can help you really take a step back and look at what you've got right in front of you
2: yeah absolutely and really you're getting at sort of the crux of it and that is that you know you bring as an expert your knowledge and experience and tools and processes and systems all of that stuff comes and and that stuff took you years to create you know whether you think of it that way or not it took you years i i think of what we do now at turn knowledge to profit Um, i didn't create that expertise overnight in fact in a lot of cases i was creating that expertise and i didn't even know that's what i was creating but that's okay um, you know, it started, I can trace it back all the way back to um, one of my first jobs out of college uh, when I joined a Silicon Valley startup and we were a consulting company and I started to develop training for them. Now, that was a different era. We didn't have e-courses. Uh, everything was live stand-up. We, we didn't have the, the advantages and the technology we have today, but the, the concepts were still the same. So I started to develop that ability to get information into a... A package that could be easily taught and understood by clients. And all the way up through today, you know, I'm still learning. I still learn things about what's new, what's different, what's happening, what's exciting. Um, and the clients we work with, they, they just don't have the time nor the inclination to, to be studying what's new and what's exciting in the world of e courses that's just not what they do.
1: And and I think part of it too goes back to like you say you've got years and years of knowledge of learning and one of the things that helps so much is during that time you learned about learning styles, about the different ways that people absorb information, about the different types of resources you can provide. And I think what happens today and there's some amazing new entrepreneurs coming onto the market but some of them don't have the the breadth of knowledge and expertise they know one very specific area one very specific thing and what we found is it's all of the pieces that go together that make such an incredible product and program mm-hmm. because you're really hitting you're going deep, but you're also hitting a broader market because you're able to put it together in a way that people are going to retain it. They're going to learn it. They're going to remember it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're talking about that, our expertise, which is developing products and programs and services. But in terms of your expertise, think of it exactly the same way. You spent probably the same number of years or more possibly developing your expertise, getting your certifications, studying reading articles, uh, going to live events, working with coaches, you know, whatever it was that you did to create that expertise, what's in your head, uh, it's a lot of work and you bring all that value to your client. Mm -hmm. You know, we we recently worked with someone uh, who's uh, an expert in getting trademarks and he had a great analogy he said you know uh, when i was talking with him about should we do this or should we just do it ourselves he said look this is what we do all day every day we're really experts at this now could you do it absolutely no question you could do it but you'd have to go learn how to do it and you'd have to go through the trial and error make all the mistakes you know it would take you hours and hours and hours and is that really a good use of your time and i sat back and i said well actually no it's not a good use of my time and they'll have it done in a quarter of the time that it would take me or probably a tenth of the time it would take me and so it just makes sense that that's the value they bring so when I look at the price he charges I think oh, okay yeah that's gonna cost me in time and effort and learning and expenses and all that more than he's charging so that's a great deal for me but if i were to look at it on an hourly basis he's probably making a lot per hour
1: right and and one of the things that you know we, we talk to people about is, and and Sandra Yancey always talks about this, do the things that only you can do and leverage your resources, leverage people who are those experts because they can do it much faster. I remember what, somebody who was talking to us about doing a program and decided not to do it because they said that they could do it and absolutely they could do it. And when we saw them a year later, we asked how it was going, how many people had they presented it to, and they hadn't even started. Because what happens is those things that you don't know how to do, you set aside, you say, I'll have to learn it, or I have to go figure this out. And in the meantime, in six weeks, they could have had it done. And I think that's something that people really, if you're looking at success, and that's one of the, the things that people have talked about, is really leveraging their time and really looking at How many people can they get into a program versus spending a year trying to create it? Think of all of the people you could have touched and had an impact on. Um, And I want to continue this conversation, but we do need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we want to continue the conversation about leveraging your time and really looking at how can you get the results that you're looking for and really do it in a way that can make a bigger difference. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
3: Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this, you can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details.
0: Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley
1: and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, Michael and I are talking about our upcoming book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. And today we're talking about valuing your worth. And we had a great conversation before the break about really working with an expert, understanding your value, understanding the gold that you have right there in front of you. And I know you've got... A great story to share Michael and that'll help us kind of get into the second half of our conversation is really about determining your value and determining your worth which I think is really important for people to understand
2: yeah absolutely so b- before the break we were talking about looking at it from your clients perspective not what you think it's worth or what you think your time is worth but what they think you're delivering and what that's worth to them in their business. Could it get them ahead, you know, uh, thousands of dollars? Would it save them thousands of dollars or hundreds of hours of time? That's worth a lot to them. And they'll pay a lot for that. So I was introduced to this concept uh, a while back. Um, I left corporate environment and joined a Silicon Valley startup consulting company. And we were working with a sort of a who's who of high-tech companies, Dell, Computer, and Microsoft, and HP, and Xerox, and Apple, and you know, just all, all of the companies that are in Silicon Valley. And we were at one client in particular. I was leading a, a team at this client. And we, at that same time, the company was growing. So we hired this new director of sales. And he had this idea called value-based selling. Which is basically what we're talking about. Looking at it from your client's perspective, figuring out the value, and then sell that. Um, and so, you know, he sat down with me. And he said, "Okay, so let's look at what value are you bringing to this particular client." And I thought, "Wow, you know, uh, you know, I'm just doing what I do. It's not a big deal. It, you know, we just do what we do." Well, you know, he wanted me. Let's explain a little bit of that. Let's go into that. What what's the value? And at that time, and even still today in Silicon Valley because technology moves so fast time to market is everything so the faster you can get to market the more money you can make before the next revision of the software or the next revision of the hardware has to be introduced to market Um, and just to give you an idea of how fast it was going at that time we were working in in the group that was um, identifying sourcing testing and approving um, disk drives at the time uh, as well as a bunch of other things. So in their in their system, they had a disk drive that was shipping with, with the system. Uh, they had one that was in pr- approval that would replace the one that was shipping. They had one that was in testing that would replace the one that was in approval and they were already looking for new contractors, new sources for ones that would replace the one that was in testing. So they had all these different versions in process at one time. And that's how fast things were moving. They were replacing it with a new version like every three to six months. So if you could get that product to market even two, three, four days earlier, that was millions of dollars to them because it was two, three, four days of additional sales they could make. So when I explained this to this uh, sales director, he like almost came out of his seat because he thought, holy mackerel, you know, we're providing millions of dollars in value. By what we do and I, I looked at him and I said yeah I, I sort of, I guess I, I don't think of it as anything unusual this is, this is what we do um, but the, the result was short long story short the result was he proposed that we raise our prices 75% almost double what we were charging and I thought he was crazy he's just out of his mind but we decided to try it with some new clients as they came along and lo and behold, within a year, we had more than doubled our revenue. We had When he came on board, we were at about a million dollars a year in revenue. We had doubled it to two million. And by the time I left that company five years later, we were at 13 and a half million in annual revenue. So I certainly don't credit all of that increase to him, but I do credit him with laying the foundation for really understanding what the value was that we brought to the client and then reflecting that in our pricing. And that was really an important change in my head in terms of the value that I brought.
1: And I think it is really important for people to understand what is the value? How much time are you going to save someone? How much work are you going to save someone? How much are you going to be able to help them better get their message out there to make that difference. And again, we talked earlier before the break, for us and for a lot of the people that we work with, it may seem like it's really simple and really obvious, but if it was that simple, everyone would be doing it, and they're not. And that's the thing we really have to remember is there's, there's either two things. People know what to do, but don't know how to do it, or they don't even know what to do, but they know they need to do something. So I think it's really important to understand that as experts, we've got something that people want, and it's important to understand what your differentiator is. What's that one thing that's really unique? We know that no one is going to serve everyone. So that's one of the shifts that we've talked about is making sure that people understand you're not going to serve everyone. And don't worry about going too narrow because there's a lot of people when you get really narrow and get really clear, you're able to really get into your genius and really get into the area that you can help people and make a bigger difference.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. And it's really, really key again to look at it from the client's perspective and really look and say, what what is the value you bring to this equation? And uh, I, I love it when you say that you know, if the when you're talking with a client and they're interested in your services, you know, be thinking to yourself, well, if they could do whatever the transformation is that I provide, whatever that is, if they could do that on their own, they would have already done it. The fact they're talking to me means that they can't do it on their own. They're looking for someone to help them do it. They're looking for someone who has the experience, the tools, the knowledge, the expertise that you have. And so then it becomes a conversation about what's the value to them. And in uh, works whether it's you know, uh, losing weight or uh, changing their life or um, spirituality or business or you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. They're all the same in that respect, that any client who's talking to you and who's interested in what you do, See some value in what you do. And you have to look at it what's the value they see, not what is the value I think it is.
1: No, I agree. And I think it's also really important to understand and decide whether you're going to provide a done for you service or you're going to provide a service where you're teaching people how to do it. And a lot of that, I believe, is looking at the type of transformation people want and really listening to what they want. I know you and I had a conversation the other day when you've been talking to someone and you were all prepared to go into this really in-depth conversation. And like, I don't know, two, three minutes in, they said yes. And I I know it was really hard for you because you had so much you wanted to share with them. But sometimes we just have to say, that's great. Let's get started and yeah. not worry about giving them everything you think they need. If they get what they need, if they get what they came for, that's amazing. And I think we got to get out of our own way and not say, but I have to provide all this information because they're paying for it. Yeah. Give them what they need. And if they're happy, let's yeah. you know move forward.
2: You need to learn to take yes for an answer. That's what somebody <laughs> once said. just stop you know if they said yes stop I know you know because all you're gonna do at that point is put objections on the table so so just stop and and move on to to start serving them so I think you know that's really the key and and so just in sort of in closing I wanted to go back to the idea we were talking about earlier uh, on leveraging and as you begin to see your own value as you begin to see it through your clients eyes and you start to raise your prices to that value level just by definition, you're going to have a smaller and smaller market because there's fewer and fewer people that can afford that higher rate. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't charge that higher rate. That's what your time is worth, but you have to sort of recognize that there'll be less and less demand for your one-on-one services. Now, the people you'll be serving will be much better. There'll be much more, as you said, much more in your zone of genius They'll be the kind of people you really, really want to work with and can get great transformation with, but there will be fewer of them. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to begin to then do is leverage your time through lower priced offerings that don't involve you doing things one on one. And that's where things like structured coaching programs or e-courses come in where you can really leverage your time and serve a much wider audience. So I sort of look at it as, you know, a service to your clients, a service to those people who who need your services, to provide them with a lower cost option. Um, you know, if go back to, you know, automobiles for example, Ferraris are great cars. They they really are are fantastic, but they're very expensive, and there's very few people that can afford them there are companies that have lower priced cars that are just as good for day-to-day do everything that a lot of people need and they sell millions and millions of them well they're reaching a much wider audience with the same service which is basically a car it just doesn't have all the bells and whistles but they don't care they just want something basic and so again that's where you can take what it is you do one-on-one and then you can leverage it Through perhaps an e course where you can serve 8, 12, 50 people, whatever it is, at the same time, is it as good as doing one on one with you? No. Is it good enough for a lot of people? Does it bring at least some service, some uh, transformation to a large number of people? Absolutely, it does.
1: And it also allows people to get to know you, to see the value that you offer, to see the, what you can do for them. Because there are a number of people that aren't going to spend thousands of dollars to work with you if they don't have any idea who you are, what you have to offer. And I think an e-course is a great way for people to experience you, to experience the transformation. Or a lot of people we've worked with actually bundle that with their one-on-one coaching because what it does is it allows you to get the core message the core information to them and then you can spend your time rather than repeating the information that you've already got readily available you can really customize your coaching and be able to dig in and do the the one-on-one examples and the role playing and the things that are going to work and make a big difference and i think that's really important and when you do that and have people experience you in that way, you're really going to appeal to the people that can benefit from your services. And like you say, that may be enough for them. And that's great, you've made that difference. And for the people that want more, then you can leverage your time and really make a bigger impact and work with those people one-on-one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a full product and service ladder, and we talk, as Janelle mentioned, a little bit more about that in our Business Builder after the break, but. Um, We like to say that the e-course is at sort of the entry level and that's where people get to see your solution. Then they can move up to a structured coaching program or maybe a VIP program where they get to experience your solution and then they can move to the premium product or service which might be your one-on-one coaching where they can really master your solution. And so you sort of think of it that way as well. Again, it's all about the value you bring to them and, and what it's worth to them.
1: I love that when you talk about the three levels, seeing it, experiencing it, and mastering it. Um, I think that's a great way to really look at what you're doing and how you can impact your clients.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So is there any last thing that... You think our listeners need to know about valuing your worth? Do you have any final tip that you might be able to give them as they're, they're thinking about it? They know that they need to do something, but they're not sure where to get started or how to get started?
2: Yeah, I think the, the first thing you really need to do is you really need to think in terms of uh, not the cost of your time, but the value that you bring to your client what look at it from your through your client's eyes and say if if the, if they really transform their life or their business in the way that i think i can transform it what is it worth to them and then that you may not charge that full amount but at least that gives you a starting point to say oh okay well i'm delivering x Gosh, you know, maybe I could not charge what I'm charging now, but maybe I could charge why, because that's still a huge value for them. So, it's, really, it's it's being able to get out of your own head and think about it from your client's perspective.
1: I love that. I love that. And uh, it's been a great conversation today about valuing your worth. And I invite our listeners to go to our Turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and share your questions about how to value your worth and what kind of challenges you have. And if you're interested in learning more, absolutely be sure to contact us at turnknowledgetoprofit.com and set up some time to talk. We'd love to see how we can support you on that journey. And be sure to check out our book, Turn Knowledge to Profit, The Six Secrets of Successful Speakers, Coaches, and Authors. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder, so stay tuned. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit.
3: I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs.
0: If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our business builder segment today, we're going to talk about just what a product ladder is and why you absolutely need one in your business.
1: You know, I think a product ladder is one of those things that people don't really understand. And I think that it's something that's so key to success though. So I'm excited we're having this conversation today.
2: Yeah, ab- absolutely is. And you're right. A lot of people don't know what they are. So so a product ladder really it's a set of products that go from basic entry level products. And step up through mid-range products and then high-end products Um, it goes by a lot of different names some people call it a prosperity pyramid they call it a product ladder uh, a product pyramid i mean there's just all sorts of different terms that people use for them but they're basically all the same so they start out uh, it's a way to really organize your products and services that make sense for your clients and make sense for you so they go from basic level products that might be things like ebooks or DIY courses or introductions to a topic or worksheets those kinds of things up through mid-range products which may be uh, webinars multi-part web courses group coaching uh, and then on to high-end products um, things like masterminds one-on-one coaching um, uh, retreats you know those kinds of things typically the the basic products, are lower in price and they're much more leveraged. And by leveraged, I mean that you can serve a lot of people with very little time uh, of, of your own involved in it. Um, they also um, tend to be um, uh, more basic in in depth. So they are usually like an overview or an introduction to a particular topic. As you move up the ladder, the products generally require uh, higher and higher investment, and include more and more direct connection with you, with the, you as a coach or you as an expert. So, as people invest more with you, they get more of your one on one time or more of your one on one attention. And then, you know, really it provides a lot of benefits. It really allows you to, again, work with those clients that you really like to work with. Uh, and really leverage your time to the greatest advantage and at the same time it's great for your clients because they can start out at a a simple level one that doesn't cause a lot uh, or require a lot of risk it's it's low investment they can sort of try you out and then if they want to go deeper they can sort of self-select to go deeper with you to learn more with you to invest at a higher level
1: I think it's a great way for people to get exposure to a particular coach or teacher because sometimes... We really want to learn a topic, but we've been through training before and we haven't been very successful. So we're leery to invest at a higher amount until we really know that we're going to get the results that we want. So those basic courses are really a great way to get that exposure. And I also think they're really good because people can kind of Put their toe in the water, and they can start to see results. So, one of the keys to doing it is making sure that you have very actionable content. Don't give people too much, but give them just what they need to get started and to start to see that they're making progress. And it will just it will propel their interest in you and their success.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true. It, it's so important to have that entry level product. For a number of reasons. One that, as Janelle said, that it gives people an opportunity to stick their toe in the water to really see what you're all about, to see if you're really the right fit for them without spending a lot of money up front. Uh, It makes the decision to work with you much, much easier. Um, The other thing that it does is it enables you to really leverage your time and reach a much, much bigger audience. Um, There there may be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people that can benefit from what you know, but who cannot afford to work with you one-on-one. So this gives them another way to get some of your knowledge, to get some of your expertise, to better their life, their business, whatever it is you do, without having to actually engage with you one-on-one. And so that grows your business, grows your influence and your expertise in the field, and really serves a much bigger audience with your message.
1: So what are the, some of the benefits of a product ladder?
2: Well, really the first benefit and the, the most important one, I think, is that if you have a good product ladder, it really is an action plan for growing your business. Um, you know what products to create, when to create them, uh, and it also becomes the basis for you creating income estimates and showing how your your growth uh, impacts your audience. So um, when I work with clients, a lot of times I ask them, "Well, what do you want to earn next year?" And they don't know, or they say a million dollars, or they you know they pick a number out of the air. And so then the next question is, "Well, how did you get to that number?" And they say, I don't know, I just I've always wanted to make six figures, or I've always wanted to make a half a million dollars, or I've always wanted to break even, or you know, whatever it is, they just make it up. Well, if you have a good product ladder, you can then start to look at what's the, the size of the audience for each of those particular products, how much are you going to charge for each of those, and how many times in a year you can offer each of those. And then from that you can now sort of calculate. What your revenue is going to be, your total revenue, and so now you have a basis for saying, ah, okay, I see exactly what it's going to be. I see where it's coming from. I see which are the really powerful products that are generating a lot of income, which are the ones that aren't. And now I can I can put that together and I can really look at the big picture. I worked with a client recently who um, put the who I put together a product ladder for, and I asked her at the end. I said, well, so what do you think you know basically is this what you were expecting and she said you know i i have always wanted a six-figure business and i just never knew how to get there i never knew how i was going to make that happen and i look at this ladder now and i see exactly how it's going to work i see exactly what products to do i see exactly how to leverage my time and and create that six-figure business so it's really really powerful in that that respect
1: Well, I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, tend to run their business kind of in squirrel mode where we're going in a lot of different directions and this sounds exciting, that sounds exciting, this is fun. And having the product ladder really helps them stay focused. It doesn't mean they can't add something else to it, but it helps them keep that clear strategy, that action plan, and they can ask themselves, does this fit with where I want to take my business? And if it does, that's great. If it doesn't, you may put it on a parking lot, set it aside and come back to it. So, I think it really helps stay keep that clarity for your decision making. So, how does someone get started? Because I know there are a lot of people that are saying, I do a I have a one-on-one coaching product. Everything I do is unique and different. I can't leverage it or create products. So how would someone get started?
2: Well, you know, you're on the right track is that the first thing you do is look at the products you already have. And for a lot of folks, that's one-on-one coaching or some version of that. It might be group coaching, or they may have a couple of eBooks on their website or, you know, but look at those things first. And then the next thing you do is, you know, look and see where do you have the holes? Are there holes in your basic products? Do you have nothing that's less than uh, $800 that someone could invest in? Uh, Or do you have nothing that's less than, um, you know, $500? You know, could you use something that's a lower investment but still has a lot of value for a certain group of people? Um, Also, look at the high end, you know, do do you have anything on the high end, because one of the tenants is that you want to always make sure that you have something that your existing clients can go deeper with, some way for them to, to engage with you in more detail. Uh, and by the way, your one-on-one coaching should be at the high level. So um, you know, look at those kinds of things, and then think about your ideal clients and what will encourage them to go deeper and learn more about what you do and and your expertise. So those are the things that I do just to get started with any client. They look at what do they already have, where are the holes, and then how might we leverage some of the things they already have to create new products to fill those holes up and and really create a full product ladder.
1: And I think it's great for people when they're doing their one-on-one coaching. We do so much of it Automatically, because we know our process so well to really think about at the end of each call, what do you do this the same for each client? Because that's a great way to start with worksheets, with some simple things that you can start to leverage your time. And once you do that, it allows you to charge more for your one-on-one coaching because it's more of a premium service. So it's a win-win for your clients and for you.
2: You know, absolutely, and it's so important. So just sort of in closing, the key is that you have a product ladder. you be thinking in terms of products. you be thinking in terms of what do I have at the basic level, what do I have at a mid-range, and what do I have at the high end so that I have a whole range of products that clients can choose from. That's really the key.
1: Well, and I want to just really invite all of our listeners to go to our turn Knowledge to Profit Facebook page and under today's episode, share what type of products you have and share what products or what areas you'd like to expand your products in because it's a great way to then take a step back and look at what you're doing and then partner with a company like ours, Turn Knowledge to Profit, and then there are others out there too that can help you create your own unique product ladder for a business. It's very reasonable, and it'll be one of the best investments you make to really grow and scale your business.
2: Absolutely. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I wanna thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week.